Hey guys, welcome to The Debrief after our episode on the defense of Bitcoin maximalism with Vitalik Buterin, defending maximalism, the guy who created maximalism, the term anyway, not the idea, now defending it. Um, you know, it's funny about that, uh, just recording logistics there is um, we had to record this in multiple parts. Mm -hmm. uh, so apologies if the, the if the audio was a little bit rough. I'm sure our editors were able Ma to Mainly to apologies to the editors. <laughs> well, you know what? It's like... Um, uh, we were joking about the the Vitalik podcast trilemma of mm -hmm. like pick pick any three things you can have good content which you, is guaranteed always, the Vitalik you episode. Have good content, right? yeah. You always have good content, and then the other sides of the trilemma are a good microphone and good bandwidth. Okay, yeah. previously Vitalik has never had a good microphone when he's shown up to these. This time he did. Mm -hmm. So but he had we terrible had bandwidth. Good content, <laughs> good mic on that side of the trilemma, but bad bandwidth. Uh, which mm -hmm. is what messed us up during the first part of this. But anyway, we got it We got it covered, and I mm -hmm. think this turned into a really cool episode on uh, maximalism. So what do you think, David? Is is uh, Vitalik ready to be an Ethereum maximalist now? I mean, I want to say I think Vitalik already is an Ethereum maximalist, but not in the way that like alt-layer ones point at Ethereum maxis and be like, oh, you guys are Ethereum maxis. I think like Vitalik has promoted certain cultures and certain values to be in ethereum he calls this like ethereum trying to find the goldilocks zone for so many different things there's the and the there's the uh, minimum viable expressivity so that the thing the route that bitcoin took was that we are going to strip away every piece of utility but then vitalik wrote his blog post about like well if you just add in the teeniest little bit of complexity, you get to Here, have try the whole this. entire world, right? It's, it's Dr. Seuss. Like, you try the green eggs and ham. Try it, guys. And they're like, no, 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 no. Well, yeah, but no, the, the point, that wasn't actually the point I was making. The point I was making is that, like, if you just go a little bit more into yeah. the complexity end of the spectrum, you yeah. unlock the whole entire world. And yeah. you don't, importantly, you don't have to go any further than that. You still get to have some of these, like, uh, you know, maximally simple aspects of a protocol while being able to unlock a fully expressive app layer and yeah. like one thing like i wish i and i think maybe i'm interpreting his intentions too much but i think he was writing this perhaps targeting towards a lot of the alt layer one communities of the world who hmm. never went through a bear market like have not learned about the hard lessons of decentralization and i have only seen a bull market of number go up and so the people that I hope listen to this podcast, Ryan, are the people that are in our DMs calling us ETH maxis saying, oh, why don't you cover Solana? Why don't you cover Avalanche? Why don't you cover Luna? Uh, and it's in my mind, the answer to that is because they don't appreciate some of the aspects of maximalism that, uh, that Vitalik has very clearly articulated in his article. Yeah, I think, but first of all, I think that's wrong. Like, we do cover those uh, other ecosystems. They, like, they still, we don't, we will never cover them enough to satisfy We them. don't shill them. If right. you're not shilling it, then, like, if you don't shill me, you're against me, is kind of the philosophy right. in some of these. Yeah. Uh, and, like, uh, I'm not ready to shill. Like, I don't necessarily understand the value proposition of some mm. of these um, some of these, some of these assets and some of these chains. I do understand kind of the, the you know, like, the user, the usage of them. Um, but yeah, like, uh, I, I think there's that and overall what I feel like we've seen, and I was mentioning this in the, in the intro is a different Vitalik this year, a less mm -hmm. neutral Vitalik than mm -hmm. previous years. Um, I remember back in like, you know, 2016, 2017, some of this, this, this era of Ethereum, sometimes I felt like Ethereum didn't have enough of a backbone 
mm. if that makes sense. For a really long like time. it didn't it didn't stand up for itself. It's just you know uh, you've read Harry Potter, right? Like mm. or like you're familiar with it, right? You know how there's like the four houses. Mm. You got Ravenclaw, Hufflepuff, Slytherin, and Gryffindor, right? I felt like uh, Ethereum community was all Hufflepuff, like Oof. super nice, like super kind, like. <laughs> Oh, you're gonna take over my conference with you? Okay, I guess you know, uh, like, uh-huh. and um, it didn't have to be Slytherin, right? But you kind of have to be a Gryffindor if you're being attacked by Slytherins. Mm. That makes it like, mm-hmm. sorry for the Harry Potter lingo. If you guys aren't tracking, I with love me. Harry Potter. What I'm saying is just like what I'm saying is when you're dealing with um, the Vladimir Putins of the world, let's say, right? You can't just be like, okay, like. Oh, you want our country? I guess. Here you go. Right. right? It's just not an effective, like a game theoretical effective strategy uh-huh. with uh, someone who employs kind of the dark side of, um, of um, you know, the, like the, the darker side and darker tactics mm-hmm. and more le- less, less collaborative type tactics. And so that was something I felt from Ethereum that was really missing. And part of me admired like, Bitcoiners who were like, hey, our asset is money. Do you remember the like the fights we were fighting in t- 2018, 2019? Just be like, hey, you, you guys know Ethereum should be valuable and needs to be valuable for this whole whole thing to work out. And many people in the Ethereum ecosystem were like, why should don't it be valuable? Don't talk don't about talk, that. Don't talk about that. Don't, don't talk about don't, price. Don't be a shill. Don't, uh, it's just like, no, it's not being a shill. We actually want to see our values manifest. Mm. We care about decentralization. We need security. And so this underlying asset has to be money. It used mm. to frustrate me to no end that there was all of this neutrality in Ethereum. Right. And so I'm not saying that like we, Ethereum needs to go down the path of Bitcoin maximalism because that is toxic. That is a dead end. But it needs to find its own place in the like statements of, of values. And mm-hmm. I feel like look, this is Vitalik partially, but it's also the community. And like Vitalik says things, the community says another thing, and it's like a, a back and forth kind of mm. relationship where sometimes he reacts to the Ethereum community, sometimes the Ethereum community re- reacts to something. Anyway, all I'm saying is I feel like Vitalik is in a less neutral uh, place where he's stating his mind, and it's actually really good. Like it's actually really good for the and the Ethereum community has hardened itself a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's not toxic maximalism, but it's not just like okay. We'll right. take any, like, we don't care about, like, we don't have, we don't stand for anything. It's not that either. It's right. just found itself in this nice middle ground. And I'm seeing that from Vitalik too. Yeah. So. I, I think it's just a lot of my frustration out of these, like, newer communities that have spun up is, I mean, I just feel like the, the grandpa of crypto when I say this, but like, they just didn't see the conversations that happened during the bear market. And so they aren't impacted by those things. And so, like, when we think of Bitcoin maximalists, like Bitcoin maximalists get really toxic. Like they are, they, they revel in the toxicity and there is not one like Ethereum maximalist out there that I think even, even the worst Ethereum, Ethereum maximalist is like nowhere near the level of like the average Bitcoin maxi, right? Toxic maxi. And I don't think there is any such thing as toxic Ethereum maximalism. There are many, many people with, uh, like strong preferences for Ethereum to the point where they kind of only really care about Ethereum. 
and that and that new level that much more moderate version of like a maximalist is now what other people newer alt layer one ecosystems now consider to be maximalist when it when you if you compare it to bitcoin it is just nothing of the sort but like the new form of eth maxi which i mean for a lot of a lot of people ryan a lot of alt layer one ecosystems that's you and me but I'm not it, a maxi though. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> it, it's from their perception. We are yeah. the ETH maxis, but they have never even like had to encounter what a toxic Bitcoin maximalist is, right? Like yeah. they don't even, they do not know how far it goes and how actual, actually moderate we are. And we just have our principles and our beliefs. And we just like to talk about the things that embody those beliefs. Yeah, what was interesting is uh, uh, probably timing of this episode is partially why you're asking the questions about like, Vitalik, uh, mm. what's your advice, advice for Bankless, right? Because like we just came out of an episode that we did um, that I thought was a great episode, great episode. Uh, on Terra. And we did the bull case for Terra and Luna and USC in that ecosystem versus um, the bear case. And both the participants came out of that afterwards saying, hey, it's a fantastic episode. Right. Thanks for being fair moderators. You guys are great. You get like you got our uh, gracious host, got our points across, and like going into that episode, I was genuinely curious. Mm -hmm. I like I wanted to understand, but also to push back because like uh, we've been in the space for a little bit. We've seen some things, and we have a we have a thesis. Uh, Bankless is not without a thesis. Like, and if you got you guys are listening to premium uh, subscription right, right now, so you know what the thesis is. Is like maximally decentralized tends to win over time. We think that's an investment thesis and just a, a values alignment thesis, where like the protocol sync thesis, where the more decentralized you are, the lower in the stack that that you kind of can can persist. You can become the base layer for other things, and that's an investment thesis that we think will play out over the very long run. Anyway, those are the types of questions we were we were uh, prodding and in like asking the both panelists, but particularly the bull. panelists I think who wanted to make his case, which is the bull. And you should have seen oh, God. the torrent of comments on Twitter, YouTube, yeah, on everywhere. like YouTube, just uh, calling us toxic maximalists, just calling us like uh, brainless, not right. bankless, and like look. It goes with the territory, and we've heard this sort of thing from other communities before, but it just, it's sort of a, if you're not with me, you're against me sort right. of vibe, which I i don't understand. I, I tweeted this out post the episode, and I was like, it's okay to look at a crypto community and say, not my tribe, then move on. Right. You don't have to vibe with everything. When you find your, your, people, your people, you'll know. And um, the ability, to, like... To, having an opinion is not maximalism <laughs> right like having a thesis right. is not maximalism and uh it's i think it's bogus self-serving naive to think that it is uh and may maybe that's just coming off of that kind of episode and that sentiment where like we just got absolutely swarmed by people from the the luna community who were super angry with us it's aggro very aggro, aggro. and yeah. like i mean if you guys haven't already, go listen to the episode. Right. And like you tell us whether you thought it was like fair and reasonable or we were um like despicable, biased, you know, one side. Like I well, so, so like uh, Jose even like made a tweet thread about like, hey, like thanks to the Bankless uh, Bankless co-host for having us on. Really enjoyed the content, and then made like four or five tweets under that thread saying, "I'm really disappointed in the Luna ecosystem and the, the Luna community for being so ridiculous in the YouTube and Twitter activity about this yeah. show." Uh, and like, it's one of these. It's it's separate from the protocol itself, but also highly related. 
it's populist tactics where it's like it's the green frog army tactic. It's like the 4chan tactic where the the bulls will drown out all rationality and all reasonable opinions and 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 in that drowning out will replace them with just like maximally bullish opinions no matter how ridiculous they are and so like there are claims that like the luna is going up to like $750,000 in the youtube comments and just like all rational if you have a reasonable take about luna it's not bullish enough and so like if you are not bullish you're an enemy and it's and it's one of the things that has frustrated me about this bull market so much is that these these uh, these moon boy cultures have infested so many different parts of the eco, of the ecosystem, and I've really started to judge alt layer ones not on their fundamentals but on their culture, social layer. on their yeah. social layer, because that is fundamentals. That is the new fundamentals. And when you have like a populist type leader like Do Kwan, who is like kind of like an Elon Musk in the sense that he's a cult of personality, uh, he's known to execute. Uh, uh, he's in my mind flying really close to the sun and he's, ge he's in in generated this incentivized this community to come around Luna and to swarm other communities and like smother them with Luna bullishness. Uh, and like you can only do that for so long. Uh, and so it's not sustainable. It's not, sustainable. it's not, it's not sustainable. And, and I think this is kind of what, what I would see is like, I mean, that's Luna maximalist, isn't it? I mean, what the right. hell? Calling right. it's, it's like, such a, it's such a, just a, it's, it's an only, it's a strategy that only works while you're the underdog. And then yeah. as soon as you become the dominant chain, then you're the new maximalist, right? right? So right. Like they're, they're pointing at the maximalists saying, you know, F these guys, join our cult, and then we'll be the new maximalist when we finally pump Luna to a bajillion dollars. Yeah, I do think that's where it all comes from is a mm -hmm. lot of these incentives fl flow in the direction of like, get rich pumping um outrage machine algorithms mm. it's all of these incentives that mm. fall into place to make this a perfect storm and to make crypto particularly susceptible to that sort of uh, maximalism and here's vitalik you know saying first he defended bitcoin maximalism because like hey we do live in a dangerous world but i think that the main point of uh his retort against maximalism was like first let's 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 say yes to Bitcoin maximalists who and agree with them that we do live in a dangerous world, but where their response to that is like defend, 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 insulate, be intolerant, be toxic, right? Uh, his response is like, so we should grab a friend. Right. I'm always like, and that's why it's dangerous make to enemies. Grow alone. Grab a buddy. Why make yeah? Why make enemies when you can make friends? Right. I, right. Why do that? <laughs> it's just and it's not a scalable strategy if i think it works actually better in the short run like it works better than making friends in the short run because uh you're able to like pump prices and kind of rally the troops and like really force this opinion but in the long run i think it's actually a less good strategy than big tents right. making friends sticking up for like values you believe in but playing the long-term game finding wins with other communities along the ways and just be nice i mean like what why the thing is okay this is getting built into the luna at the l1 layer i think uh because like while we were recording this ryan well we're about to put this into the weekly roll-up but the luna foundation guard just announced that they're buying a hundred million dollars of the avax token and so they're going from bitcoin which you know, makes sense. No one's really questioning that kind of reserve crypto crypto asset. But then they're going from Bitcoin, the number one uh, asset with an $828 billion market cap, basically a trillion dollar market cap. 
And then they're skipping over Ethereum, BNB, Solana, XRP, Terra, Cardano, down to Avalanche. I mean, justifiably skipping a lot of those things. Uh, down to Avalanche with a $23 billion market cap and saying this is also going to backstop the value of UST. Going from almost a trillion dollar market cap asset in Bitcoin to a $23 billion market cap uh, and it's basically saying the enemy of my enemy is my friend, as in we are going to put AVAX on the balance sheet, mm-hmm. not e- Ethereum, even though Ethereum is literally 10x, more than 10x the market cap of AVAX and, and you know probably more than a 10x in liquidity of Ether. And the claim I'm making is it's probably a 10x better asset to, to backstop UST than AVAX is. Yet... The Luna Foundation is putting $100 million of AVAX tokens to backstop UST. And so they're formalizing this anti-Ethereum opinion into the actual token economics of the chain. And they're trying to make and they're trying to make friends with Avalanche in order to go against Ethereum. Like Yeah, maybe. Or maybe they add Ethereum later. I, I have no idea. I I so here, but here's the other thing. It's like I at some level, um uh I don't know at some level like the fact that we're talking about it so much is sort of the trap you fall in right like we're even talking about uh like terror right now and like i'm just kind of like who cares right i i mean like i think terror's doing some interesting things keeping an eye on it um i don't have personally a lot of like vibes with that community i've sort of from what i've seen so far it's sort of like a not my tribe move on sort of thing and I like I don't really care to talk about it much until I see something really interesting there that I do resonate with and that I do value. But like um, that's sort of the tr- the but trap now you're of just this. An but like I don't. I just want to talk about things that we care about and shine the spotlight on the things that we care about and that we think are long term sustainable, and not shine a spotlight on right. like these other things. And even the fact that we're talking about it right now, I feel like at some level is sort of falling into that trap, right? Yeah. Cause it's, it's, it's just... the curse of having like the, this massive media platform that we have where our, our choices to not cover something is like the silence about certain things is deafening to a lot of people. Yeah. I, well, but yeah, they just, everyone wants uh, people to show their bags. Like, please show yep. my bags, please show yep. my bags. Yep. Anyway, what else from that episode did you uh resonate with that well, like were some of your takeaways from stuff vitalik was saying i actually don't he, have too many more thoughts he said he said a lot about uh uh money being like a something that is valuable which is interesting mm-hmm. because i felt like um last time we've spoken to him and some other you know statements recently have been like i'd like to see some other non-money use cases some non-defi use cases in crypto but uh when going through the the maximalist line of thought he's like yeah but we should also not discount the uh the value of currency as um as a, a an app here in crypto i thought that was interesting i do want to ask vitalik if he agrees that because i know i'm pretty sure you agree with this but like if you're going to be long-term secure your l1 asset needs to be a global store of value asset like, it needs to be money for all intents and purposes. Bitcoiners are all in on this. A growing cohort of Ethereum people are all in on this. All the alt-layer ones are not yet in on this. And that's a kind of a difference between, I think, the Ethereum culture and the alt-layer ones, is that Ethereum oh, pe- people think that they're Not all alt-layer ones, right? Just Solana, like, the, co- the founders of Solana say right. this. But yeah. uh, I think uh, the Luna ecosystem would very much say that UST is a money we're yeah, trying but I'm to create more a referring money. to the Luna token more than I am the UST token. 
but Luna and USD are one of the same. What backs USD yeah. is Luna, right? It's all, it's money. We're trying to be money. Um, that was Jose's entire yeah. like value uh, pitch for the thing is money is the biggest thing and stable coins are the killer app. And so we're producing an algorithmic money. Yeah. And so we are money. Luna is money. Uh, USC is money. Yeah, but are dollars money anymore? Dollars are just things you sell for things you want. That's what money is. What else is money? Things you store it, value in and things you sell for things you want is what money is. Medium of uh, yeah, exchange and dollars are doing less of the storing of value. I'm mean, more emphasizing the emphasis on the sell side. Right. Yeah. I I agree. Dollars are less um, value stores these days. Yeah. Um, especially with like nice seven eight percent inflation. <laughs> um, yeah, it was good. Good episode. I think uh, I still have questions about EIP four eight eight four eight four. Oh yeah, that's four, gonna four. be a different episode. That'll be next and next episode. Vitalik. Um, I think that's uh really key, and I want to learn more about that. Um, but this was a cool episode. So if listeners want some extra credit, uh, this was actually not the first article that Vitalik released on April 1st. Uh, he also released uh, a argument as uh, adding a hard cap to the ETH supply. Uh, uh, I think that might have been a long little time bit ago. more of a joke, but that was like 2018 or 2019 Vitalik. Uh, so if people want want to have some you know history lessons, it did cause a stir in the Ethereum 2018. The Ethereum founders suggest hard cap of 120 million Ethers. It's funny that that's kind of what we're approaching. Yeah. it was 120 million ethers i bet that will be like the max cap right wow what a turn of history if that ends up being <laughs> the max cap oh that'd be funny i remember when he published this though the theorem community was like are you serious it, yeah that and was the first time huge... i was like yo vitalik bad idea bro bad yeah. idea the, uh, the, i actually remember my reddit comments for this though because it's actually completely inverted of what i think now it's like vitalik we need inflation inflation is good for an economy and it promotes spending and commerce and ethereum is an economy and we need to promote Ooh, spending i would love to see if there was some way to do this a 2022 version of david debate a 2017 version of david oh that guy was an idiot <laughs> i bought eos bro oh man <laughs> well look if you're not leveling up if you're not learning then uh same, you shall remain an idiot yeah <laughs> forever <laughs> right. guys thanks for hanging with us thanks for learning with us on the journey we appreciate you as bankless premium members take care Cheers.